Hi guys. Hi. So today we're going to be talking about a more serious topic. We're going to be talking about current events. We cannot talk about all these events in full detail without making this episode hours and hours long. These events are all talked about on the surface level and are all summarized. So we highly encourage you to educate yourself by watching videos or reading articles so you know what's going on around you. So today our first topic is COVID-19, which has been kind of brushed under the rug by now, but we're going to just kind of refresh your minds on it yes so as of june 20th currently usa has the most cases of coronavirus in total which is 2.3 million following the usa a number of cases is brazil with 1 million experts say that the first wave will be followed by a larger wave of the virus in the fall or winter and after that one or more smaller waves will hit in 2021 if a vaccine is not developed by then all the states have opened up and many people have started going out without taking precautions such as wearing masks or gloves causing like a spike in new cases. The next topic we have is the Hong Kong protest. The Hong Kong protests have now been going on for about a year. Hong Kong and China have been ruling under the one country two system or the basic law. This means that Hong Kong has its own government power so its autonomy is separate from China. But usually Hong Kong's chief executive is favored by China. The protest started in June 2019 because of the proposed additions to Hong Kong's extradition law. These proposed additions to extradition law would allow countries, including China, to extradite people from Hong Kong based on any criminal offense. In simpler terms, it means that the people of Hong Kong could be taken to Chinese courts to rule for their criminal offenses. And on May 21st, 2020, China proposed a new security law for Hong Kong. And a week after, a draft resolution was passed in Parliament. This new security law for Hong Kong states that treason, secession, sedition, and subversion against the central government is illegal. So basically, the law is saying that Hong Kong seceding, betraying, or overthrowing the Chinese government is a criminal offense. This also allows the Chinese national security to operate in Hong Kong and against the protesters. This law is completely against what the protesters' goal of decreasing the threat of their autonomous government was. So anything that they've been doing for the last year has been basically for no reason because of the new law. Another issue that not many people know about right now is that China and India are having a land conflict. In May, an enormous brawl broke out between Chinese and Indian soldiers stationed at the camps in the Himalayas. There were 20 Indian casualties and an unknown amount of Chinese casualties. The border dispute started over 100 years ago in 1914 when delegates from Britain, Tibet, and China gathered in Shimla, now India, to talk about the status of Tibet and the borders between China and British India. Britain and Tibet signed a treaty that establishes the McMahon Line. Now, India keeps up with the treaty, which is technically the legal border between India and China, but China never accepted it. In 1962, a war broke out after unsuccessful attempts at peaceful negotiations. The war ended a month later in a declaration of ceasefire and unofficially redrew the borders, which are called the Line of Actual Control. In 1967, a two-month war started between the two countries again because they had conflicting ideas about the line of actual control. Because of this history about the border, many people are afraid that this brawl will lead to a war between the world's most populous countries. Both the Chinese and Indian Prime Minister and President have stated that they are not looking to start a war, but 
the two countries have sent out thousands of troops to the area. Another topic that we'll be talking about today is the situation in Yemen. Yemen is a Middle Eastern nation that has been a war-torn country for almost half a decade over the ruling of the government. Because of this, the country has been left in inadequate living conditions for years and hasn't modernized as much as other Middle Eastern countries have been. Yemen has the most critical humanitarian crisis in the world right now. Most of its population doesn't have fundamental needs because of the civil war. The civil war has taken a toll on its country in every aspect. 75% of the population is in poverty and 65% is extremely poor. These stats are before the hit of COVID-19. The Yemeni civil war started over five years ago and has progressively gotten worse and worse. Many children and women have been casually raped, beaten, or even killed. Many people of power continue to send weapons to Yemen and aren't taking action to stop this war. With an unstable government and close to no sanitation and clean water, and only half of the country's hospitals open and not equipped with the right and basic equipment, the worldwide pandemic is hitting the country hard. The hospitals that are open lack the fundamental needs to combat COVID-19, like gloves and masks and other necessary equipment such as oxygen. Many don't know about the situation there, but it has gotten to a point where 80% of the country's entire population, which is around 24 million, could die because of famine and disease. To put in terms of how many people that is, 24 million people is around three times the amount of people living in New York City or about six times the amount of people living in Los Angeles. Over half their population is under 15 years old, and with these conditions, the future for the entire next generation of Yemen children is looking grim. So far, Yemen has received $1.24 billion in international aid, which is not even close to enough money they need. This is because Yemen's economy is heavily dependent on remittance, cash transfers from friends and family. As a result of COVID-19, the flow of remittance has been decreased by a significant amount. Okay, so the next topic is Black Lives Matter, and as a little disclaimer, we have not experienced and never truly understand the discrimination that African Americans face every day. We are just trying to spread the word and make sure everyone knows what's going on. So we took a lot of this from Amelia Aversino's um, Google Doc, which is called The Basic Guide to Why Black Lives Matter is Needed, and it's always updating with multiple editors and multiple writers. So regarding the Black Lives Matter movement, there's a lot of vocabulary that you need to know to understand the seriousness of this topic. So we'll just be defining a few words and what they really mean. Yeah, and most of these words are a lot of words that like many people are saying within protests, so you understand what they're saying and not taking them in the wrong context. So the first word is white privilege. So white privilege does not mean that you don't go through hardships in your life. It just means you don't go through hardships caused or regarding your race or the color of your skin. The next term we'll be defining is ACAB. All cops are bastards, not that all cops are bad. Bastard means corrupt. It doesn't mean all cops are evil or that they are incapable of good deeds and instead highlights the system is corrupt and unjust. And cops, when they took that job, they took an oath to support the system and enforce all the laws, including the cruel and wrongful ones. The next term that we'll be talking about is all lives matter versus black lives matter. We're gonna go more in depth with it. A lot of people have talked about this already, but of course all lives matter. But in the case of this movement, the point is to highlight the struggles that black people have experienced throughout history and are still experiencing today. This movement shines a light on the inequality between black people and white people and the deep systematic racism black people 
face on a daily. If you respond to Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter, then you are grouping African Americans with everyone else while they aren't being treated the same. A bunch of protests have been breaking out because of this movement. The media has been portraying a lot of violent protests. Violent protesting usually isn't caused by a protester because of the intentions of the protest are to prevent violence instead of causing it. But rather the police, a rioter, or a white supremacist decided to interfere with the peaceful protesting to create chaos. These people are not protesters and many peaceful protests have been going on. They are just not being covered by the media. Also, when a lot of protesting happens, looting also occurs. When people loot from multi-million dollar corporations, the companies are able to recover fully in less than two days, and it is proven by multiple statements from different companies. True protesters are putting in extra works and precaution to make sure small local businesses are left alone. Target, the first looting that caused backlash, said in a press statement that they already started recovery procedures, and they also stated that they would be closing multiple stores in Minneapolis in the respect of George Floyd and would provide the protesters with basic needs, such as water and first aid. If you put multi-million dollar corporations before the need for basic human rights, then you need to rethink your priorities and morals. The next two terms that we'll be talking about are something that a lot of protesters have been using on their marches. The first phrase is abolish the police system. This means completely dismantling and rebuilding the police system and most people who say this believe those police officers should be replaced with mental health providers, social workers, victim advocates, and more specialized workers and other changes like training to keep the facilities to a minimum and increase the effectiveness of the police. The second phrase is defund the police. This basically means relocating the funds for the police to other parts of the community, especially for poor communities of color. The Black Lives Matter movement is not a trend or a political matter. Black Lives Matter is focused on basic human rights. Many protesters have been wearing mask gloves to help the situation of COVID-19. Ways you can help the movement is signing petitions, donating, even if it's just a little, protesting if you can and if you're allowed to, and keeping yourself educated. There are also many ways to educate yourself on the situation going around. Keep up with the news, read books, and watch movies. Netflix has a selection of movies specially for Black Lives Matter. Also, a lot of like social media, if you go on like the app store, like Instagram, they have like plenty of things like informing you. So this is the end of our podcast for this week. Next week, we're going to go back to more lighthearted um, topics. Also, if you're thinking about donating to any of these unfortunate situations, please don't donate to change.org and only sign petitions there because they are known for transferring the money and using the money for other things. So we're going to put some links down in the description of this podcast about some of these topics and how you can learn more and um, how you can help. So bye. (laughs) Bye.